Listener Production. Shares. Market. The S&P. The ISX. Stocks. Motley Fool Money. Stock of the Week. G'day, fools, and welcome to Motley Fool Stock of the Week. I'm Scott Phillips, and with me is analyst extraordinaire, Drew Flowers. How are you, buddy? Hi, Scott. Thanks for having me again. Pleasure, mate. Thank you for joining us. I'm looking forward to it. Now, mate, before I get you to start talking, I need to do a little bit of boilerplate very quickly. First thing, this is general advice, not personal advice. Whatever Drew says, whatever I say, make sure you understand how it suits your circumstances. We can't do that for you. Secondly, we're bringing you a buy recommendation. We're recording this on the 26th of October. Um, If you're watching this meaningfully after this date, the recommendation could have changed for any one of a number of reasons, or maybe it hasn't. But just keep that in mind. And lastly, we're long-term investors. Drew's not going to tell you a stock he thinks is going to go up today or tomorrow or this week or this month, maybe not even this year. We are looking out three to five years and trying to pick companies we think are market-beating investments. Now, the good news is this is coming from one of our Motley Fool services. You're getting a peek behind the curtain right now, a, a virtual peek, if you like, behind the curtain at a recommendation we've made for our members and a company we think, if you bought right now, is likely to beat the market. Now, as always, we're going to be wrong. And as always, we want you to have a diversified portfolio so that on the off chance we are wrong, you've got plenty of other winners to take up the slack because that's just the reality of investing. All right, that's out of the way, Drew. Let's bring down the curtain, lift up the curtain, do whatever we're going to do with the curtain and tell our listeners and viewers that the company you are going to talk to us about is a business called Steadfast. Now, mate, it may not be a household name. The code is SDF, by the way. Not necessarily a household name, mate, but a big business and one that's growing. Tell us what Steadfast is and what it does. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it might not be a household name for people who um, particularly don't have a small business or a farm or something like that themselves. Um, and often I'm accused of uh, picking the more, the less exciting companies, let's put it that way. I would never uh, accuse you of that, mate. <laughs> Um, so a bit of a bit of the veggies today. I think the last one I, <laughs> I, I talked about, Ike GPS, was more on the excitement spectrum. So hey, well, there you uh, go. See, <laughs> steadfast is it, it's an insurance broker. Um, so similar to when you want to go and get a mortgage for for your house, and you go and see a mortgage broker, and they look at all the different mortgages from all the banks and credit unions mm. and so forth. When you have an insurance policy that's a little bit more complicated, we're not talking about your standard car insurance or your particularly your home mm-hmm. and contents that you go to and get directly yourself. We're talking about things like uh, liability insurance. If you if you run a little shop and you're worried about people getting injured in your property, we're talking mm-hmm. about professional liability. If you're an engineer, a, um, a surgeon, even you know financial services, of course, and um, you have to have insurance for that. Um, mm. And Steadfast in particular is focused on these small and medium enterprises, not big corporates. It's not, you know, who does Commonwealth Bank have all their insurance policies mm. with. This <laughs> is um, SMEs and it's it's um, it's the largest in, in Australia, uh, you know, market shares in sort of the 30%. And um, without giving too much away, I think that kind of covers what they do. Nice, very good. It is, as you say, mate, look, insurance broking is not the most exciting business, at least. It doesn't seem to be the most exciting business in the world. You kind of put that with, uh, I don't know, what electricity generation maybe or something else. But often that's what I was going to say. That often that's where the best opportunities are found, right? Because if everyone assumes there's nothing there, then maybe there's something there. Maybe it's worth digging under the bonnet, if I mix my metaphors. Speaking of which, let's go to the investment case then because – Okay, so it's an insurance broker, 30% market share in Australia, which frankly, I have to say I was surprised at how big it was. I just didn't understand. And that's maybe the point, right? Maybe the opportunity is there, the fact that most people don't know what this guy, these guys do or how big they are. 
But what's the investment case specifically there, mate? We know it's a broker. We know it's kind of big-ish. Uh, just, if you know, telling me it's not boring, then why would I want to go and buy shares in Steadfast? I think the, the, the first place to start is how complicated and complex these insurance policies are. If you're running a small business and you need liability insurance, you need insurance for your commercial vehicles and things like that, differentiating between the policies is really, really difficult. You know, in the last sort of 18 months in particular, we've seen things with business interruption cases that have gone to court. You know, is business interruption included or excluded for, because of pandemic-related uh, um, restrictions on trading? Likewise, there's things like, you know, people have complained in the past about flooding events. You know, is it from rising floodwaters from a river right, or yeah. is it stormwater flooding? <laughs> uh, I'm not yeah. saying that these are direct examples, but these are the kind of things that are difficult mm-hmm. to assess when you're comparing right? policies. Yeah. yeah. And so the real thing is you go to your, you know, steadfast broker in this instance and you say, mm. this is my type of business. This is how much money I make each year. These are how many employees I have. This is what property I have, what vehicles I have. What do I need? And they can tell you, you know, you need commercial vehicle for your vans. You need property for your cool rooms. um, You need liability insurance in case, you know, people come in and get injured, that kind of stuff. So they can explain, firstly, what you need. Because you might know you need one or two things, but you might forget that you also need workers' compensation, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, you're like, oh, no, but I'm an office worker that essentially works from home. What do I need workers' compensation for? But actually, it's a legal requirement. Mm-hmm. So that's the first part, very complicated. Mm-hmm. So they're providing this service, explaining these things for you, what you need and the differences between them. So that's really good. It's an essential product. And, and people need this stuff to operate. You, know, you need uh, the cost can be so large if you don't comply with or don't have this protection. You know, a lot of uh, insurance often gets a bad name because they haven't paid out in particular circumstances, but there are a lot of really good insurance companies out there providing a great sort of peace of mind product for mm. you know, farmers, for crop insurance, their really heavy machinery and things like that. So... And the, so it's very complex. It's essential. The retention rates are really high. If you're really happy with your broker, he's finding you good products at good prices that fit your needs, you're going to keep going. You're just going to keep it there every year. Mm. You know, your broker calls up, Hydro, we've got your four policies for your small business. Do you want to renew them? Or we went and found you a better rate or... We know that you had a really poor claims experience with this guy last year. Do you want to switch to, I've had really good experiences for the last 12 months with, you know, another insurer, do you want to switch? So retention rates are really high. And so it's really this this service that they're providing you that's really important to your small business. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the existing business is super sticky. And then the other thing we like about Steadfast in particular is uh, they're continually expanding how many brokers they have under their sort of network. And this is kind of a win-win for the, the small business owner and Steadfast. Steadfast gets to buy a nice growing business, add it to their portfolio, and uh, the, the owner who might be, you know, middle-aged or something like that but not ready to retire, 
they get to sell a portion of their business and sort of cash out a bit without retiring. Mm. So Steadfast likes to go and acquire these businesses, but they don't want to buy all of it. They want to buy 50% of it, for example. And I really like this model because it keeps the owner sort of, they know that the business is going to continue and it's going to grow and that they're going to, employees are going to be looked after and all that kind of stuff. And they get to stay incentivized in the growth of that business. But they also get to take a bit of cash off the table and say, oh, you know, I want to actually buy that house by the seaside that I've always wanted or <laughs> I want to work a little bit less or something like that. And so Steadfast buys 50% of these, these growing broker businesses and then over time, you know, maybe over five years or 10 years or something like that, they might go up to 60%, 70%, 80%. And they call this their trapped capital project, right. which is a kind of... I don't know, modern way of saying this where they're <laughs> buying, buying more of the businesses they already own. Yeah. So the existing business, it's very sticky, it grows well, mm-hmm. they add new brokers to the network and these brokers also love it because they get access to uh, Steadfast technology platform. And one thing that I really like that they've done here is that when, they're, when you go in, it used to be extremely painful, let's put it this way. You'd, you'd apply for a quote and say, I want a quote for professional liability for my financial services business. They would go in and do the quote to uh, one of the insurers, you know, it might be Chubb or WR Berkeley or somebody like that, and then they'd give it back and you'd have to fill out this form and then it'd go away, they'd give you a quote and they come back two or three days later and say, yeah, the quote is $5,000 a year, for example. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to do that for each insurer that you thought had a product that matched to. And then at the end, the broker would have to explain, this is the difference between these five products. Mm -hmm. It was quite painful. (laughs) Now they have this (laughs) this automated system, which does the quote kind of on the spot. And you Mm -hmm. get these five sort of, or however many different quotes. Mm -hmm. And the broker on the spot can explain to you, Drew, these are the difference between all these policies. We've had a really good experience with these guys in terms of claims. The price might be a little bit higher, but it includes this, doesn't include that. So that's really good. Um, And so the brokers are wanting to get on this platform. They they really like it. It's it's very effective for them. It's great customer service. And so they like, as well as cashing out a little bit, they like to join to get access to the Steadfast Automated Platform. And the other thing that I really like is that they're now doing a fixed fee sort of situation in what they pay the Mm -hmm. insurers. So it used to be a a percentage of the premium and that has some issues in terms of, you know, higher premium, higher commission. Mm. Mm -hmm. So now with a flat fee across that, I I really like that they've proactively done that. And, um, and and makes the platform even better. So you talked to us about the business itself, that it's a sticky business that the customers tend to hang around. We love that. Uh, we've talked about the, the platform that people are signing up to get part of and the fact that Steadfast kind of gets the best of both worlds, as does the broker. They get to kind of – Steadfast yeah. buys in a little bit, gets the upside there, locks the broker in, eventually takes larger ownership stakes in those businesses. So that's all pretty clear to me. I'm, I'm keen on that. Let's talk about the investment case proper there, mate, because you can have a great business. It's a terrible investment. 
you know, a charitable business is a great investment, but that's pretty rare. Um, what makes is it, is it going to grow? Is it super profitable? Like where, where's the investment return come from for an investment in Steadfast? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the nice thing here is that there are a lot of – so Steadfast has been going since um, about 2013. It's been listed um, mm-hmm. and it's grown double-digit uh, EPS, double-digit earnings per year on average from that time, uh, often a little bit lower, a little bit higher somewhere between that kind of 7 and 15%. And then it's been a almost 50-50 between organic growth and acquisitions. So that's the other thing that we like to look for. You know, when you're looking at companies that make a lot of acquisitions, is the business growing organically? Because there's a bit a big difference between the ones that are literally just acquiring and doing sort of a, a, an arbitrage between the private and the public markets and those that are actually buying good businesses that continue to grow after they own them as well. So double-digit earnings pays a nice little dividend as well, about 2.4%, I think it is at the moment, fully franked, of course, because the earnings are all in Australia. Um, And the nice thing is that we can see, so we've seen that organic and acquisition growth, but also if we look at global competitors, we've got these nice kind of benchmarks that I like to look at, Marsh and McLennan, Brown and Brown, uh, Gallagher and Aon, sort of PLC. And you can look at these are huge, huge businesses. And they've mm. also got this really strong record of good, healthy margins in the in the 20% range, between 25%. You know, organic growth, you know, moderate organic growth, good acquisitions, really large markets over long periods of time. So if we look at Steadfast and we say it's grown double digits basically since it's listed, mm. it's still very small relative to these global peers. Okay, in Australia it has quite a high market share and so over time growth in Australia will slow. But we still think there's a pretty good opportunity there, particularly as they're just picking up these extra stakes in the businesses they already own. I think that's kind of low-hanging mm. fruit as we'd call it. And then we look and say, uh, internationally, can they succeed like they have in Australia? And they've got a little business in, in Singapore, and that's a little bit tougher sort of operating environment. But they've also got this Unison Steadfast joint venture in Europe and, and a partnership with Howden, which is a large private broker in the UK. And we think that over time, as the opportunities in Australia slow down, that might be over the next five, six years, seven years, something like that. They might look further internationally, Europe, you know, maybe in the US for this international expansion. Again, sticking with the small and medium businesses, not competing so much in the corporates where these big guys, you know, Marshall, McLean and Gallagher, they're kind of playing, sticking with a small, small and medium. And so if that's successful, there's no reason why this growth runway couldn't be similar to those other larger businesses and really last for a long, long period of time. Mm-hmm. And what we've also seen is those those big insurers have tried to merge and they have had some rulings against them that it's kind of anti-competitive, which I think partly shows that their growth is, is potentially going to slow by the nature of their size, but also mm-hmm. shows how strong the competitive position of these businesses is if the regulators step in and say, no, we don't want you to merge anymore because uh, your business is too strong and too profitable. 
Nice, I like that, mate. So we're thinking moderate amounts of long-term compound growth delivers as a market-beating return. Is, is that a, a fair way to sum up kind of the, the expectations on the financials? Yeah, so I think it's going to grow organically. You just look at mm. a little bit from the amount of businesses that are formed in, in the economy, whether that's 2% a year, yeah. something like that, a little bit from pricing because, of course, they just pass through the pricing that the insurers do. So at the moment, that's really good, of course, because insurance is in a bit of a hard market. So pricing is mm-hmm. going up considerably. They're just passing that through, which is why mm-hmm. their, their earnings growth was super strong in the last 12 months. Um, and then above that, you know, so maybe the business grows organically at nominal GDP. And then mm-hmm. above that, it will be acquisition funded growth with the cash flow from the business and the um and some equity raises if there's big, juicy opportunities available. We saw they just did one at the uh, the most recent result, Cover Force, a, a really you know, high market share, surprising. I think it's about 6% market share, but growing you know, in, the, in the mid-teens, very attractive business. Um, uh, and so, you know, maybe high single-digit, possibly low double-digit earnings growth if you know, for an extended period of time if they're successful internationally. Motley Fool Money. For more, subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. Mates, uh, before we go to the risks, we will in a second, uh, a quick ad. If you are listening to this on the Motley Fool Money podcast, thank you very much for doing so. If you haven't yet checked out our YouTube channel, which is where this is airing in full colour, in, uh, was it Panavision, I think they used to say in the movies? Uh, you can see Drew and I in the flesh, for better or worse. Uh, jump on the Motley Fool's YouTube channel. Let's go to YouTube and look up the Motley Fool Australia or just simply Google Motley Fool Australia YouTube. You'll find that channel. If you're on the YouTube, thank you very much for watching us. You can also check out Motley Fool Money, the podcast. Please do. We re- release two big episodes in this episode every single week on that feed. And, of course, both groups should check out our newest podcast, which is called The Good Oil with Scott Phillips. Yes, that's me. I'm the host. Uh, the Good Oil with Scott Phillips, the conversation podcast. Uh, we chat to business leaders, executives, entrepreneurs, uh, really, really fun uh, conversations, fun chats, and hopefully you'll learn a few things as I do almost every single episode. All right, mate, let's get back to uh, let's get back to the risks of an investment in Steadfast. Despite your confidence in the business, no investment is without its risks. What would be the top couple maybe of risks that we would look at if we we're investing in Steadfast? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the the most obvious one is these, these acquisitions that they're doing. Uh, the ones that they're doing with the existing businesses, just taking the extra small stakes, you think that's relatively mm. low risk. But when they come to the market and do these larger raises, um, there's certainly going to be a higher element of risk buying these you know, large private businesses. And internationally, when they start to expand, that's absolutely where they're going to be dealing with different sort of language, cultural barriers, the ways that insurance are bought and sold um, and regulatory environments. And so regulation is also something that could potentially be an issue in the way that they – and you just end up fortunately being proactive on that in changing the way that they do the commissions with that fixed fee structure versus mm. the, the sort of premium rebate. Um, so uh, acquisitions – um, regulation and the other thing is insurance pricing. So the market's very strong at the moment. Um, there's several reasons for that. Um, in you know, terms of catastrophes recently and you know low interest rates pressuring insurers' profits and so forth. But suffice it to say is that uh, pricing is very good. It's not going to be like that forever, 
And so you just want to um, be on the lookout of, of when you purchase shares. Don't buy, don't buy the, at the top of the insurance pricing cycle. Very nice. Thank you, mate. It's, it's, it's an interesting business. I think the, the growth of this business, almost under the radar, and again, if you're in the insurance business, if you're, if you're a small business and you're looking for insurance, I guess you know these guys much better than I do. But it's a reminder that there are these little pockets or maybe even big pockets of business that you just don't come across every day. The, the Peter Lynch scuttlebutt method of you know buy what you know can be really, really useful if you know this stuff. But if you don't, going a little bit further afield, to some of these industries, even though they feel, I mean, you know, no one's raving about insurance. You're going to read it on the front page of the AFR or on Twitter or Facebook. Um, but yet there are businesses out there that just continue to grind away at creating wealth for shareholders. And that's, I think, the, the, the broad case with Steadfast. All right, mate, here's our 60-second elevator pitch, the patented, not patented elevator pitch. Um, give us the 60-second wrap while we go from the first to the 31st floor. Why should our viewers and listeners buy shares in Steadfast? Absolutely. So what I love about Steadfast is that the, the revenue is really recurring. People come back to the business year after year. It's an essential product. It's a very complex product that the brokers can explain the differences to you. Uh, the company doesn't take the underwriting risk that an insurer does. So in the event they pay claims, the insurer pays the claims, not the broker. They just collect the fee as an intermediary. They've got a great track record of growth since they're listed on the ASX. The market opportunity, if they're successful to expand internationally, is enormous. And as you can see from the, the, the global peers, the model is really successful. You can see the profitability and you can see that the businesses have scale and I think it could grow at an attractive rate for a really long period of time. And I must say um, that I, I do own some shares in Steadfast and also one of the other global uh, brokers, Brown & Brown. Very good, mate. I was going to ask you that as we close, so thank you for throwing that in. That's a pretty compelling case. Not only does Drew own shares, but he makes a very, very good case for looking beneath the headlines, the cool FOMO stocks and the YOLO stocks, to the companies that are just getting it done. And as Drew says, if there is a long-term compounding potential for a company like Steadfast, well, hopefully you know the sheer power of compounding because it really is – well, we're not sure Einstein actually said it was the eighth one of the world, but he's credited with that line. And if he didn't, he should have because it's very, very true. Don't just get the big, exciting look at me stocks. Grab some of the stuff that's going to compound for very long periods of time. That's steadfast. And the ASX code again is SDF. Drew, thank you for sharing the steadfast story with me. I've learned a few things today. Um, my pleasure, Scott. Um, I'm I'm always happy to talk about it. You're <laughs> good, man. Thank you very much. And thank you for joining us on this podcast or YouTube video, wherever you're watching or listening. We really appreciate your company. On behalf of Drew and myself and the Motley Fool team, until next time, Fool on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. The Motley Fool operates under financial services licence 400691. Listener.